All right, here we go. You know what time it is. It's time for 48 Days Podcast. Well, I've been talking a lot about goals, and here we are right at the end of the year, moving into the next year very, very quickly now, hearing from a lot of people. You know, heard from somebody who says, Dan, I've set my goals, but I know I'm lazy. Now, here's the deal. If you've created a to-do list, you may avoid taking action. I mean, you'll find excuses for not doing what you said you were going to do. But if you've created a vision for a new life, you'll be so energized, nothing can stop you from achieving those goals. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, this last week, my daughter Ashley and I did a webinar on this process of goals, and we had so much interaction, had so many people on who had questions about the process. I'm going to lean into that a little bit more today and just respond to some of those issues that came up. Questions like this. I've got my goals set, but I'm afraid I won't reach them. If I don't really believe I can accomplish it, why would I write something down as a goal? My family doesn't believe I can hit a big goal I have. Should I quit telling them what I want to do? And then this, can't I just hope things get better next year without really setting goals? All right, we're going we're to talk about those and how you can keep moving toward the things you said you wanted to accomplish. Now, we know the routine. A lot of people by the end of January say, ah, gee, I didn't go to the gym. I didn't lose 10 pounds. You know, I didn't speak to my spouse more affectionately, like I said I was going to do. You know, all those things you said you were going to do. And so they just say, well, I'm not going to do it after all. Month is gone. I'll start again next year. Well, we don't want you to do that. You don't want to do that. So we're going to look at how can you set, identify things that really are important to you and keep moving toward those. Now, our quotation comes from Jim Rohn. I know you've heard me say it before because I refer to it often, and it is this. Indecision is the greatest thief of opportunity. Let me say that again. Indecision is the greatest thief of opportunity. Wow. We see that played out so many times. All right, our resource, this is a repeat, but I'm going to again just direct you to our our free goal-setting worksheet. I know it's now after November 14th. You know how I talk about the importance of having your goals laid out by November 14th, that being 48 days before the new year starts. So you get a running start on all the things you want to accomplish. And, And we hear that a lot. I mean, if somebody says, I want to lose 20 pounds next year, and they have that firmly identified as a clear goal by November 14th, it's amazing. Gee, January 1st rolls around, they've already lost 10 pounds. Because once you really set something up as a clear vision, a clear goal, and you believe in it, that is what you want, your desire, not somebody else's. It's amazing how doors just start opening up. It's very, very important. So if you go to 48days.com slash goals, we'll keep that up there for a while. It's the 2023 goal planning worksheet. Last week, I talked about stop eating alone. I want to give you kind of a preview of some of the things that are going to be coming up here on the 48 Days podcast, new episodes that 
we'll, we'll be working on in the next couple of weeks, even before the beginning of the year. So last week I talked about, talked about stop eating alone, the power of spending that time creating new relationships that'll move you forward in whatever you want to do. Well, Lynn says, since you mentioned about getting together with people over food, I believe in one of your podcasts, you mentioned Joanne, your wife, putting together dinner parties and questions asked to stimulate good conversation. I would love hearing her talk about that on your podcast. Well, I have already run that by Joanne. She's more than happy to do that. So we're going to do that. Joanne is the master of putting together great parties where people feel like something really special happened because she doesn't just let things kind of unfold however they want. People stand around in corners, just chit chatting. No, she likes to have things organized, not to take the spontaneity out of it, but just to have meaningful conversations. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll devote an episode to an expansion of Stop Eating Alone and what can happen when you're breaking bread together with people. Now, another one I want to do is to go a little bit deeper into the 15-hour breakdown. You've heard me mention that a lot. We've got a course on that. But if you want to start a side business, my firm belief is you can do that with only 15 hours a week if you divide your time into four important components. And those are learning, creating, earning, planning. Now, when I do this episode, I'll give you the exact percentages and the number of hours that relates to for each of those things. And I'll also tell you why people who have been employees get stuck in thinking about only one of those areas. And it often really cripples them in building a business. So that'll, we'll be doing that here in the next couple of weeks. The 15 hours, what they are, and how you can move forward, even if you're currently working in a full-time job, how you can start investing time in all of those and really create a foundation for something new. I'm also going to have an episode devoted to why we don't need to leave our best work to go do ministry. Yeah, pet peeve of mine, people who feel called to ministry and so they stop doing anything productive and hope people will give them money. Uh, okay, I, I won't go too far down that trail theologically, but um, I heard Bono talk about that. I mean, he and I mean, Bono being, of course, lead singer of U2, the greatest band ever in the universe. I'm listening to his new book, Surrender, very lengthy audio, but it's just amazing with all the songs woven in there. But at one time, after they had had a lot of success, but when they were still, you know, in their early 20s, they decided they were going to quit this music thing. You know, it's just rock music. I mean, who cares? You know, they're going to quit this music thing and go into ministry. I mean, they really, that's what they were going to do. They wanted to be seen as a Christian group, and they were going to just leave and go on their separate ways and do ministry. Well, they were challenged by that, and rightfully so, in that they would have had to break a legal contract to do it. And their manager said, uh, did God tell you you need to break a legal contract where you gave your word to something and now you're not going to complete it? Well, they were convicted about that, decided they just finished that tour. Well, you can understand what happened. In doing that, they realized their most powerful tool for ministry was their music. And the things they've done now to reduce their debt, world debt, reduce hunger, poverty. I mean, it, they would have had a hard, hard time doing that as missionaries 
but with a powerful music group, they have changed the world. Well, we're going to talk about that in a particular episode coming up. Okay, now let's go back to talking about goals. Sean says, Sean's from California, says, Dan, first and foremost, I want to thank you for your content. I've been a listener since 2009. Your guidance and wisdom has helped me so much. My question, early in the year, you were challenged on your goal-setting process and it being too rigid. At the time, you contemplated potentially changing your goal-setting process. I'm curious to see if you made any changes to your process, as I, too, am currently planning and developing my process, as well as my goals for next year, and I wouldn't love or be interested in hearing. Thanks, as always. Well, thanks for your question, Sean. And uh, yes, there was an incident that happened at the end of last year. I'm going to tell you about that here in a second that really did change kind of my perspective on how I was approaching my goals. So just to set the stage here, I want to remind you, all beginnings are hopeful. Now, the tagline we have on our 48 Days website, 48days.com, is the best way to predict your future is to create it. And I believe that from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. The best way to predict your future is to create it. So this idea of all beginnings are hopeful. I mean, I always am excited about the beginning of the year. No matter what has happened, good, bad, indifferent, there's just something exciting about a new beginning. And that was spoken, that was spoken as part of a, a university address given to well from, from the president of Oxford University, spoken to the entering freshman in 1944, right in the midst of a world war. But that's a concept we've seen confirmed throughout history. I mean, in in working with people who are going through change, I'm often really struck by the discouragement, frustration, frequent anger and resentment that I see. But I've come to recognize those feelings always tell me that the person is looking backward at something that's already occurred. As soon as we're able to create a clear plan for the future, those feelings quickly begin to dissipate and are replaced by hope, optimism, and enthusiasm. So so here's the deal. This may sound kind of radical, but in all my years of coaching, I've never seen a person who has clear plans and goals who is depressed. They just don't go together. If you're depressed, discouraged, frustrated, angry, guilty, any of those things, you can erase those by getting a clear sense of what you want this next year to be for you. It just, they'll eliminate those feelings. I've seen it over and over and over again. Now, I know that 2022 has been a challenging year for many of us, but my question still is, have you taken responsibility for the way this year has gone? Or have you pointed fingers at the economy, the pandemic, the government, the company, your spouse, I know you don't want to be one of the masses we see on TV who are quick to blame the world for their own failures. I'm convinced we can create a massive ripple effect to contribute to solutions for a better life for ourselves, for our families, our country, and ultimately the world. I mean, you can put yourself in the driver's seat of your life immediately if you create a clear plan, decide what's important to you, and act. So, if you're feeling discouraged, You're miserable in your job? Just lost your business? Give yourself a new beginning. All beginnings are hopeful. Now, the goal-setting guide that I refer to here that you can 
update, download. You know, we offer that each year as an outline to help you think through what you want the year to begin. Now, this is relative to Sean's question. Here's what happened to me at the end of last year. I had completed my goals by November 14th, like I always do. I have them very clearly laid out, a beautiful PDF that you'll see if you download that. You can write in it and then save it as a PDF. So I go back to that, and then I add to it. I mean, goals are never just set in concrete. I go back. It's a working document. I go back and add to it all the time. So last year, on Wednesday, December the 29th, I thought about one more thing that I wanted to add. And then I realized I hadn't lost the entire document. I still don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know how that could happen when it was saved as a document. Probably, well, there's probably a lesson in that, as you'll hear here. But after all that thinking and writing, I lost all my work. Now, when I shared that with Joanne, my wife, her first response was not how sorry she was or her willingness to share my grief and frustration as I expected. No. Her response was, well, maybe that's a sign. (laughs) And so I kind of leaned into that. And I realized the value is not in creating a to-do checklist, but in creating the mindset of positive anticipation, of developing my mind a clear picture of the life I wanted to be living this year, 2022. But the point is, Work like that cannot be erased. I mean, the seeds of the work are still very much alive. Now, having worked on that document and having really believed in the direction I wanted to go, the things I did want to accomplish, creating the mindset for that, it was still very much alive. I mean, I was able to see it in my mind pretty clearly, the things I had on there. While I never went back and recreated that document, When I look back now, at this point, over the year that I've had, it's pretty amazing the things that I have, in fact, accomplished that were on there. Things like publishing and understanding heart, my newest book that I had so much fun with. It's a true passion project. A lot of work took place in the year, but it was finished. It's published. It's out. People are purchasing it. I'm getting amazing feedback and loving every part of it. Um, we we went on a cruise, the first cruise we had been on in three years, not having gone during the pandemic, but that was on there. Other trips, things we want to do with our kids, things we want to do personally, things we want to do here in our house that have been completed. I mean, they're just, as I speak, they're putting a new roof on, which is one of the major things we want to do this year on our house. But the, the things that I had on that, I mean, I, it'd be wonderful if that document somehow showed up and I could go back and actually check off all the things on there that did occur. But the point is, it was because I had the mindset for the new life I wanted to experience this year. Not because I just created a list of, ah, I should do this, I should do that, people expect me to do this. No, that's when you walk away. That's when you find excuses for why it's not going to work. So why do we set goals? I mean, is it because of desire, fear, the expectation of others to have bragging rights? So somebody says, I've got my goals set, but I'm afraid I won't reach them. Well, if they aren't really yours, then you probably won't. If you think you're doing them to please other people, you're going to have a lot of resistance. But see, developing goals is not just a to-do list. It's creating a mindset of positive 
anticipation. Now, here's another related example. Dr. Viktor Frankl wrote the little book, Man's Search for Meaning. And it's one I go back to and read a couple times a year, just an amazing story. But on his first day in the concentration camp, Dr. Frankl was separated from his family. Now, he had a manuscript that he'd been working on for a long time. So he he took an older prisoner into his confidence and told him about his hidden manuscript. He said, look, this is a scientific book. I've invested a lot of my life in this. I I have to keep this at all costs. The older prisoner cursed him for his naivete. They were stripped and sent to showers and then a work detail. Their own clothes were replaced with prison clothes. The manuscript was taken away and never returned. But late at night in his barracks, he began recreating what he thought he had in that manuscript on bits of paper stolen for him by some of the other prisoners. Those notes were then later used after he got out to write Man's Search for Meaning. In that, he wrote that once the prisoners were entrenched in camp routine, they would descend from a denial of their situation into a stage of apathy, just giving up, the beginning of a kind of emotional death. One of the things that came out of that book that I've gone back to over and over is this quotation. Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Now, he wrote that when the circumstances were as horrific as they could possibly be for any human being. But he said, no, we still get to choose our attitude. Now, that book, I mean, that book has been around a while. It's now sold over 16 million copies and been translated into 24 languages. You think that message resonates with people? Yeah, I think it does. You know, reminded of one of the other impacts in my life, the little recording Earl Nightingale, spoken word that was written years ago, The Strangest Secret, where the principal thought is, we become what we think about. Again, that simple message had a really profound impact on me as a poor Ohio farm kid and continues to shape my life and thinking today. We become what we think about. So our thinking, our mindset is what pulls us toward a better life. Not just having a checklist, so, Sean, in response to your 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 question, yeah, I, I've changed from having my seeing the list of things I wanted to do and my goal setting process as really important. They're kind of incidental. The real key is: Do I have the mindset? Do I have the belief, the positive anticipation that are going to pull me into a better life? Now, success is something you attract by the way you think, the person you become. I mean, you can have more than you have now, but becoming more than you are now, you don't have to change the company, the economy, the government, your boss or your spouse, but you get to change you and you'll see the world around you change. I mean, just remember, you know, I use this analogy a lot, I know, but our minds are like gardens. They give us a bigger return of whatever we planted. If you think about negative things, you'll see those enlarge in your life. If you expect and think about positive things, you'll see more and more of those in your reality. But in setting goals, you are indeed creating your own future. Last week's newsletter that Sheila put together and sent out, our Friday newsletter, 
began like this. A few years ago, as I wrapped up my year with a look at our finances, I was pretty down that I had not increased our income much. Now, this is me speaking. When I shared this with Joanne, she gently replied, Dan, look around you. We're living the life of our dreams. We can travel, give generously, and spend time with our friends. Do we really need more? Well, about then I swung around in my chair and caught sight of a small plaque I have on my shelf that says, never be so busy making a living that you end up not having a life. So it's not just about more, but I I know that I'm not content with the way things are. I mean, Joanne can say that, you know, do we really need more? We don't need more, but I need to be better. I'm not content. I, I get very impatient with things being the same and predictable. You may be wired differently, but I want to believe that there's more that I have to do, that I need to become more. It may not be evident in you know faster cars or bigger house or more bigger financial portfolio. Those may not be criteria at all, but I want to change. I want to continue to grow. Well, Joanne always brings me back to what's really important and remind me that success does not always mean more or bigger. I mean, Joanne wakes up every morning and says, ah, yes, another day in paradise. I mean, she really does feel that way about the life that we have. Sometimes it's just better. I mean, this has been a wonderful year for me in so many ways. I told someone just a couple days ago that I'm in better health now than I was 20 years ago. And that's a fact. I mean, my doctor will verify that anybody will. I'm in way better health now than I was 20 years ago. Well, there are other things that I know I knocked off my goal list last year. One of those was to attend a Barrett-Jackson exotic car auction. That was made easier by the fact that we live in Florida now and the auction was in Palm Beach. But uh, that's another thing. I mean, there so many things popped up because they were planted in my mind clearly as positive anticipation, things I knew that I really did want to accomplish. Well, as one of the questions said, if I don't really believe I can accomplish it, why would I write down something as a goal? That's a that's a pretty that's a circular kind of argument. Because if you don't believe it, yeah, there's probably no point in putting it down. But writing it down increases your belief. I put down some pretty bodacious things on my goals because I don't I don't, I'm not going to be, well, I have to be careful how I phrase this. I'm not going to be devastated if I don't hit it a hundred percent, but it's the progress toward something. So let's take this at something quantifiable. So if I work with somebody who has, who made, who made a hundred thousand dollars last year and I say, okay, I want to double that. Now, that's a pretty aggressive goal to double that in one year. They say this year I want to make 200,000. So they are going really great guns. Wow. They're really on track. It might happen. It might actually happen. And the 1st of December, gee, they come down with the flu and have the flu for two weeks. It really takes them out. And they realize, wow, now we're going into Christmas. They're going to end the year at only $180,000. Are we going to consider that failure? Well, not a chance. Going from 100 to 180, that's an amazing increase. But see, some people get hung up in the fact that, well, I didn't hit my goal, you know, so I just failed. 
or think that other people are going to look at that way. I set those big goals so I can look at the gain of where I was to where I am now, not the gap from where I am now to what I set as a goal. All right. Well, we're getting notes in from people in our egos community who are who have their goals set. I mean, Phyllis Jenkins says on on 14th of November, I've completed my goal setting. I'm now ready to use my goals as the roadmap to help me achieve my three-year goals. Um, looking forward to what's happening in the Eagles community to gain valuable content, to move forward successfully. Thanks for your encouragement, tools, and resources. Well, Phyllis, is I just recently received one of the books that she does where she does women's stories, a compilation of women's stories to give them the the thrill of being published and also just the the thrill of helping having somebody help them along in their road to a new life that they want to have. And she's got more of those planned and I know she'll turn those out. She's an amazing lady. Colleen Law says my top three goals for 2023 are one to publish my dissertation book. It will be finished by December 28th. Number two, to write my curriculum for train the trainers, which She's working on, I know she's got that in motion. Number three, to start redesigning my grandmother's house so my parents can move in by November 23. Wow, 2023. Wow, I, I, that's amazing. I've seen pictures of that. She was able to purchase the house that was her grandmother's. There's been many owners in the interim. It was divided into like six different, six apartments. She bought it. She's going to, Take it back to the way that it was originally so her parents can move in. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. What, what an exciting goal. Now, see, that's not just, um, gee, she's going to you know, make more money or you know, do more things in terms of career. I mean, I get ex- as excited about things that are not in the financial or career area as I do those. Often we, we kind of narrow down what goal setting is to just those two areas, career and finances. It's much more than that. I mean, this goal-setting process is just a basic format. You, know, you don't need to rush through it, but again, I, I believe that making decisions can set you free. Again, remember our, our quotation for today, indecision is the greatest thief of opportunity. I mean, goals are not written in concrete. They're not unchangeable, but they give you a starting point and a destination, The important thing is that you are in charge when you're working on your goals. It's the easiest way I know to put yourself in the driver's seat of your life. Your life only has meaning when you're working toward goals that you've decided on. Otherwise, you know, we see people, you know, people who get locked in their own version of Groundhog Day. Every day is just like yesterday. They're just repeating it. They're living life. They're just repeating one day over and over again. Now, to... Have purpose in your life to be fulfilled. You need to set goals in multiple areas. And as I mentioned, success is not just career or financial. Other areas are equally as important. And begin with three-year goals, then work backward to what you need to do today to make deposits in what you want your life to be three years from now. I find that to be a reasonable time frame. I used to use five years and find that things change so quickly We can't anticipate that I like to use three years at this point, but there's really something magical that happens when you write down your goals. I mean, I've seen people transform their levels of success 
I mean, almost instantly, simply as a result of getting clearly defined and written goals. All right, another question here. My family doesn't believe I can hit a big goal I have. Should I quit telling them what I want to do? Yes. That's the thing. Now, I believe in sharing goals that you have. But there's also a caveat there. So, yes, I believe in sharing. That way, when you meet the person you shared with, they say, hey, how's it going? You know, how far are you coming with that book that you said you're going to have out by June of next year? Gee, how are you doing on that weight loss program you said you're going to do? Have you taken that trip you promised your family? I mean, I believe in doing that, but only to people who think like you think. Not to people who are going to drag you down to say it can't be done. Don't share with them. They're going to continue that thinking until well after you've accomplished what you said you were going to accomplish. Share it with people who are on the same path as you are. People who have set their own goals. People who are looking to accomplish big dreams. People who have already been there, done that. I mean, if you want to be a musician, you know, don't talk to the thousands of people living in cardboard boxes under bridges in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, go talk to Taylor Swift. Talk to Carrie Underwood. Talk to Keith Urban. Those are the people who are going to say, well, sure you can do it. Let me show you what I've done. So share your goals with people who are going to cheer you on. That's one of the power of our egos community, and that's why a lot of people are there. That's why they're there. If you want to check that out, incidentally, you can always do that. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. We've got a lot of people in there who are there for exactly what I just described because they don't have immediate family or coworkers who are cheering them on, but they know in the Eagles community, they do. So here's the framework. And what I like to do is have people set goals in seven different areas. Those areas are financial, physical, personal development, family, spiritual, social, and career. Identify, what do you want your life to be like three years from now? Just kind of park on that. If we were meeting three years from today, what has to have happened during that three-year period for you to feel happy about your progress? Financially, physically, personal development, family, spiritual, social, career. If we were meeting three years from today, what has to have happened during that three-year period for you to feel happy about your progress? Well, somebody else asked, as you remember, can't I just hope things get better next year without really setting goals? You know, when I read that, it reminded me there was an old uh, Dusty Springfield song, Wishing and Hoping. Remember that? You know, I could hear it in my mind, wishing and hoping and thinking and praying, planning and dreaming each night of his charms. I went and looked up the lyrics real quick here. And it says, you know, that won't get you into his arms. So if you're looking to find love, you can share. All you got to do is hold him and kiss him and love him and show him that you care. Just show him that you care just for him. Do the things he likes to do where you're here just for him. Because you won't get him thinking and praying, wishing and hoping. Well, (laughs) a little bit different direction there for what the end goal was. But I'm not a big believer. I'm not a big fan of wishing and hoping. I'm a big believer, a big fan of creating a plan and taking action. Now, you know, I, I think we're going to wrap it up right there. I've got another another concept here that I'm tempted to throw in there, but we're going to leave it at that. The importance of setting goals, process for doing that, 
Again, you can download the worksheet. Just go to 48days.com slash goals and download it. Have fun with it. Share it with the people who are going to cheer you on if you want to do that. I tend not to share mine a lot, period. Now, I, I speak very openly about the things I'm working on, so people are aware of that. But it helps me create the mindset for that positive anticipation. And I've seen this borne out over and over and over again. You know, my life as a child was very, very different than the life I get to live today. And that didn't come because I just showed up and hoped that things got better. Those came from taking action as a very young child and deciding, okay, this is what I want to do. This is the life I want to live. I read those old Horatio Alger stories, rags to riches stories about people changing their lives because they set clear goals and took action. I hung around people, you know, like Jim Rohn and Dennis Waitley and Zig Ziglar and Tommy Hopkins and Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, who would, they were obviously ahead of me in the game. And I hung around them, listened to them rather than the naysayers in my own little community or family system who said, well, gee, nobody in our family ever did anything like that. Not going to happen. Well, hey, you know, no matter where you are right now, I thank you for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. This is an exciting time. Again, all beginnings are hopeful. I believe that so thoroughly. I get excited this time of year. doesn't matter what the holidays bring. It's not as much about celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas even as it is the anticipation of a new year, clean slate, new goals, new direction. Wow, that gets me excited. So I hope you're in. We, I'm, man, I do intend to enjoy the holidays. Believe me, this is a great time. We're going to have a lot of family around. We're going to do a lot of that breaking bread together, asking questions around the dinner table that we'll be talking about. We'll be sharing with you. We'll do that before the holidays are here so that you can uh, experience that even as you have holiday times together. So I'll get Joanna in here in the to record with me that episode about the power of asking great questions and how to make times to get family times together really productive and enjoyable. But thanks for listening, for sending your questions, for being open to being a powerful force for making the world a better place, as I know you are. Hey, I want you to share this episode with three of your friends. I mean, there are a lot of people who are discouraged right now. Share this with them as a way to break that discouragement cycle. Create a clear plan for the future. Your depression, your discouragement is going to go away. I mean, they'll thank you for it. If not right away, ultimately, but become known for that kind of positivity, for somebody who offers hope and encouragement to others. I've got a lot of people right now who are ordering copies of An Understanding Heart to give to others. That really warms my heart. I mean, I enjoy the sales, obviously, but just knowing that people care to share something that's going to give somebody else hope and encouragement that maybe they really need, especially this time of year. So be that person. Be that person that encourages others and stay committed to your belief along with me that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.